0: She came out of nowhere. One minute we were shoving candy in little Elvira's bag of tricks and Freddy Krueger's plastic jack-o'-lantern, and the next thing we knew this woman dressed like the crystal ball reader in an old movie was standing there shouting at us. Who the hell do you think you are broadcasting a poem like that when you've got a woman living in your driveway who sells herself to the highest bidder? How dare you make people like me out to be the problem? Get out of here! Go back where you came from! Something tells me House of Phantods is going to be haunted by the worst kind of spirit there is this Halloween. The pissed-off psychic grifter. And this one is the worst kind the kind who hangs a shingle out down on 4th Avenue with a blinking neon sign offering psychic readings to passers-by. Unfortunately, the only passers-by likely to see it are the homeless people who tend to frequent that part of Eureka. They're better off spending their limited resources on a decent sleeping bag. Cold weather's coming the only thing colder in that part of town is the heart of a grifter who suckers the homeless out of what little they've got. But she does bring up a valid point. In all the time I've been riding with the paladins, I have yet to hear the origin story behind their rolling Faraday cage. It remains an unsolved mystery to me, and there is nothing more intriguing than an unsolved mystery on Halloween. Just how exactly did a middle-aged white woman from Oxnard end up running a mobile escort service called the Abuela Express? And what's up with the anatomically correct sex-ed puppets? (music) It was Halloween night in the Oxnard neighborhood affectionately known as Little Tijuana, Marina's last Halloween for trick or treating. Her mother's rule about it was non negotiable. Twelve is the last Halloween any self respecting paladin engages in the vulgar tradition of going door to door begging for candy. For Marjorie Paladin, it was about pragmatics more than anything else. If a child must beg, it should be for something useful like sustenance. There is nothing about sugar and high fructose corn sweetener that provides sustenance. Unless, of course, the sustenance is meant for dark energy parasites to gorge themselves on the residue of corrupted self-control. By the age of thirteen, children are old enough to have assimilated that information into a lifelong embrace of pragmatic self-care. As is the paladin tradition, Marjorie took Marina to the super thrift store on Oxnard Boulevard to find suitable garments they could transform into costumes for both of them. For paladin women, mother and daughter must carry out the ceremonial Last Halloween for Begging together, and it was to that end that they both stepped off the porch of their modest home on James Street, under the cover of darkness that fated Halloween night. That darkness did nothing to conceal the costumes both wore. Marina's suited the child perfectly, a modest black dress with red and white striped knee socks and sensible black pumps, all of which she topped off with the perfect black witch's hat. The outfit would seem like stating the obvious to anyone aware of the clairvoyance emerging in the young empath. But no one outside of the paladin clan was dialed in to what was developing at that time. Marjorie Paladin was especially happy with the white vintage go-go boots, black-and-white checkered miniskirt, and sleeveless neon chartreuse mock turtleneck she found at the superthrift. Topped with a ponytail knotted at the crown of her head that trailed down to her waist, she felt herself channeling the boldness of go-go dancers who had gone before her to blaze trails Few women outside the paladin circle had even known were there to blaze. For only those women gifted in the art of precognition can see those trails, and of them, only those whose hearts and minds have been opened to the possibilities hidden in the everyday dreams of revolution gave any hope of finding the entrance to one such trail. While most paladins know their best hope of finding theirs is to draw a psychic finder into their orbit and allow them to lead the way, this particular Halloween would surprise even the most elder paladin. And wouldn't you know it, it would start with turning down the darkest street in Little Tijuana the one whose street lamps hadn't worked since Marjorie bought the little house in the only neighborhood she could afford. Focusing on her compassion for those whose budgets could afford even less, she thought about taking up a collection to replace the street lamp bulbs when something caught her eye as a pickup slowly rolled past them. Demons, or more accurately, dark energy parasites clinging to the roof of the cab, sides of the truck's bed, and even the back bumper. Sitting three abreast in the cab, with a handful in the open bed of the truck, were teenage boys whose faces both paladins recognized from the neighborhood. But what Marjorie didn't recognize was the feeding frenzy going on with the dark-energy parasites. When the pickup did a U-turn at the end of the street, the paladin mother did what comes naturally, pulled her child behind her and assumed the protective stance that any warrior mother knows inherently. As the boys drew nearer, the dark-energy parasites increased in number, their teardrop-shaped forms doubling in size as they gorged. When the boys pulled to the curb, Marjorie Paladin snarled and told them her daughter was not theirs for the taking. (laughs) We don't want her, they laughed. We want you, Abuela. Marjorie Paladin had made the kind of mistake that fateful Halloween night, one's ignorance of the culture in which they've found themselves living, can lead to. She laughed back at the truck full of lustful adolescent boys and told them if they knew how old she is, they would be ashamed of themselves. In her defense, her multitasking was fogging her brain. Holding her ground as warrior mother while keeping an eye on the boys menacing Marina and her was enough of a challenge. But keeping an eye on the dark energy parasites also Took multitasking to the next level. It wasn't until the next day when she was telling Nalita next door about the ordeal she and Marina ended up running from that she understood why what she said whipped them into a terrifying frenzy. Nalita patiently explained that in the culture from which those boys had originated, they grow up. Being told that when they're ready to become a man, they must find themselves an older woman to teach them the art of pleasuring a woman. An older woman, as in grandmother, which in little Tijuana is pronounced abuela. Nelita then went out of her way to clarify that a pickup full of adolescent boys chasing middle aged women is not part of the tradition the decent, hard-working families brought with them when they came here. That part's new, she said. Maybe something about Halloween got lost in translation? Our people don't even act like that on Dia de los Muertos. I promise you, chivalry is not dead in Mexico. Two thoughts struck Marjorie Paladin at once the absurdity of parents of any culture leaving their son's sex education up to random middle-aged women, and the prevailing urban legend of the MILF in American culture. She failed to see how a slice of American pie was going to magically transform any adolescent boy into a young man knowledgeable in the mechanics of female sexual pleasure. Halloween is a time when all the most terrifying things come out to haunt us. The specters of our own human frailty threaten to overwhelm us and take our souls to dark places from which we may never return, the darkest of which is sex. If sex isn't the most terrifying topic known to man, then why do we see so many sexy nurse costumes on Halloween? Or sexy maid? Or naughty schoolgirl? What about the sexy witch? All those long legs in miniskirts and spike heels are saying, Be afraid. Be very afraid. The call is coming from inside the house, and you don't even know how to answer it. The whole point of those costumes is obviously to remind us of the true terror lurking in the shadows. S-E-X, which, of course, leads to wondering why we never see anyone in a Saint Fear costume. It also leads to wondering how Marjorie Paladin, coming face-to-face with the specter of sexual inadequacy on that Halloween in Oxnard, resulted in the Abuela Express. It started with educating herself. And she did that the way most of us do. She watched YouTube videos. It was while she was watching one of two grown men discussing the intricacies of giving the birds and the bees talk to their sons that she realized our collective sexual anxiety begins with a breakdown in communication about it. If grown men cannot bring themselves to say the word sex, how the hell are they going to discuss it with their sons? Because it would seem leaving it up to public schools and religious leaders has led to nothing but widespread sexual deviance, not to mention the confusion, shame, and disappointment inherent in chasing down middle-aged women, expecting to learn things from them they don't even know. Mom likes to spend this night meditating on the lessons learned that night, and any new insights she's gained since then, Marina said, as we filled the absurdly oversized plastic jack-o'-lantern with candy for Simone and Forrest to hand out. As any self-respecting psychic finder will tell you, those who fail to find a clue about the cultural appropriation of Halloween by their twelfth birthday are tools. Consumerism has no place whatsoever in a pagan holiday, and neither Simone nor Forrest had any intention of participating in it other than to hand out consumer goods while struggling with mixed feelings about it. At the very least, the opposition would be confused by the emotional complexity. What on earth were you even doing going out begging for candy that night, Simone said dismissively to Marina, who had just explained the transition her mother had made from MILF to Abuela after determining that young people need to be given a practical guide to the mechanics of human sexuality if we want them to stop chasing women down dark streets on Halloween. It's not like I was going to eat any of that candy, Marina fired back. It was an important mother-daughter ritual that brought results. Mom and I were both given insights that night, We may not have come by so easily if we'd driven to some other neighborhood to trick-or-treat. While she was busy contemplating the dark energy parasites attracted to that pickup, my insights as an empath were growing exponentially. I was feeling everything going on in those boys, and it was heartbreaking. If we're going to reverse the curse of shame that's been put on us collectively, we need to untangle the influences that have shaped a perspective that's prevailed for thousands of years of human civilization. I tried to change the subject by asking about their favorite horror movies, but all that did was give Marina the perfect example of how the deviant beliefs about human sexuality are kept alive. Who is the first to die in horror movies, she said? Young people who have sex. Ladies first, of course. I wasn't about to let go of the point of this conversation. How does all this equate to starting an escort service? Bragging points. Marina said. As word spread of her new approach to sex education within the conservative community of Oxnard, mom quickly went from urban legend to cult hit as whispered stories around the water cooler down in L.A. made their way to the boardroom. It's become a feather in certain men's cultural cap to be seen at an important function with Abuela Paladin on his arm the wealthy elite's version of wearing a T-shirt that says, I'm woke. Woke to what? I don't get it, Forrest said. Woke to how much men have to learn about that which has been repressed for thousands of years. It's not like they're going to learn about it from the kind of fake news you can only get on Pornhub. Okay, That's terrifying. It's bad enough we keep electing actors to manage our democracy, but to turn to actors to instruct us in the care and maintenance of our sexuality? (laughs) So, woke to the fallacy of relying on fake news for credible information of Any kind, Forrest said, opening a fresh bag of sweets to add to the jack-o'-lantern. I'm still fuzzy on how anatomically correct sex-ed puppets enter the picture. Wait, where did you hear about that? Marina said. She was certain the work she and her mother had done to keep them at urban legend status had been successful. Ask Cassandra, he replied. She's been thinking about them ever since Alternate U told her about them in that other dimension she visited. The puppets are how the Abuela Express had managed, for the most part, to stay off the legal system's radar. With puppets, everyone keeps their clothes on. Except the puppets, of course. Of course, this led me to wonder about all the various contacts they had across the country. Was there some kind of underground sex ed system disguised as an escort service going on under the radar, one that involves anatomically correct sex ed puppets? This has got to be the most terrifying question anyone could be pondering. On Halloween. The look on Wallace's face said it all. She'd spent her Halloween in the study poring over the comments section on Simone's YouTube channel. Her poem had quickly amassed thousands of views, and from the vitriol in the comets, it was clear it had inspired exactly the kind of controversy we'd hoped for. Haters gonna hate, Forrest said. Even new-age spiritualist haters like Miss Cleo shouting in the driveway earlier. Why it's okay for a woman claiming to be dialed into the cosmos to sell what she's peddling but not okay for a woman who actually is dialed in to give harmlessly sensible instruction about a taboo subject makes no sense. The fog had rolled in and put a spooky movie chill on the night. Not even the street light at the end of the drive was visible. As the last of the trick-or-treaters ran down the driveway, We all headed to the kitchen for something that would chase the chill from our bones. Abuela Paladin had beat us to it. She and Stephen were chatting as she stirred a pot of hot cocoa big enough for an army. And since it was made with almond milk and sweetened with date syrup, that army would be warmed sensibly. They'd been discussing how proud they both were of Wallace for winning the Poetry Slam in Seattle. When Wallace mentioned how she was being roasted in the comments section on YouTube for the poem that won her a scholarship and an invitation to deliver the poem at the White House, Abuela just smiled and handed her a steaming mug of hot cocoa. Nina, she said, you put yourself out there for a good cause a noble cause, the cause of the warrior poet. Your poem is not about you. It's about all of us. You channel the wisdom of the ages when you write your poems, and that is certain to draw dark energy and its agents. It's meant to. It's how we'll find those who need us. Was it unwise to be sharing that in front of Stephen? I stared at the silver skull ring on his pinky finger as he took a sip of Abuela's cocoa. I couldn't quite tell if the expression on his face was surprise over how delicious it was or how intriguing the conversation was turning out to be. Men as practiced in the art of one arched eyebrow as he is Tend to be difficult to read. He noticed me staring and set the mug down before telling me he noticed the woman in the driveway screaming at us earlier. Halloween isn't usually something I want anything to do with, he said, but I figured you all could use my presence in case things go south. Speaking of south, I said, have you ever heard the story? Of how Marina's mom got the name Abuela, there's sex and candy in it. Truly horrifying story, perfect for a foggy Halloween night.